Hello everyone, this is Joe from Starting Why, and I'm once again joined here by lovely Michelle. Hey, how you doing there? I'm doing good. Hello, good morning and good night, good evening. Yes, exactly. You have morning in California, and for me here, close to Frankfurt, it's already evening. It's past 7 p.m., so that officially, I do believe, counts as evening. What have you been up to uh, since our last podcast? I've done a lot of things. I just hosted a digital governance conference yesterday. It was very inspiring to see a lot of young people really into incorporation and organization and how they are governed. Surprisingly, surprisingly so. Uh, we actually, by the way, that episode, which will be aired close to the holidays. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Frohe Weihnachten. <laughs> Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Shangdanjie uh, Kuala. Yes. <laughs> yes. Here we go. Here we go. Everything's fine. Feliz Navidad. Yes. Feliz Navidad. Okay, great. I think I think we we have most of the people on earth covered by now. <laughs> yes, we do. So let's get a little bit together. When we've been preparing for this episode, we talked about what we what we've learned in 2020. What are some things you have learned in 2020 besides being very important to have a lot of uh, toilet paper at home all the time? <laughs> it was really interesting. I think I learned a lot. I, first, I'm really grateful for just being able to go outside. Just really simple things in life. Having dinner with my friends. Being able to go from one place to another, because I don't know if you know, but California, we have another lockdown starting Sunday, last Sunday to January 4th. Uh, the curfew is 10 p.m. <laughs> so you can't go out unless you're essential. And it seems like a lot of, some of my friends have gotten COVID who travel a lot or, or tra were traveling despite COVID. So it seems like it's becoming more serious so that's like one of the biggest thing i learned is just being grateful for being, being able to go outside <laughs> okay here in germany we only do have a partial lockdown that means basically all the venues the bars the restaurants they are closed uh, but you can still go out anytime cinemas are closed as well most of the restaurants will offer some kind of pick up solutions um, but the bars as far as I understand it are completely locked down so basically I have not personally been out I do believe since June June yeah. this year for yeah. half year and I actually don't miss it because we do have a balcony and I get out, I get outside yeah, yeah smoke I... my pipe or my cigar and everything's fine and I try to do a small walk every day after lunch yeah, in California, it was a little bit different because besides the pandemic, we also had protests and fires. You just don't know what's going to happen the week after. <laughs> so it's a little bit different. There were a lot of crimes actually as well. So you just don't, you just don't know. So I was basically at home for the longest time where I was making Zoom backgrounds <laughs> for fun <laughs> and sending it out to people because... I couldn't have meetings, pictures on it because I didn't have any. And so one of the things I did was it was help Zoom meeting just on Zoom backgrounds. And that was a lot of fun. So it's just, just little things in life, you know. And, and I think even at the conference yesterday, it's hard to capture memories when 
all you see is just screens of different people. We had an event, but we can't take pictures. <laughs> and the screenshots are really different. The interaction is completely different. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do believe 2020 basically changed the way we interact in general. Not, not only that you are forced to be more and more digital, mm -hmm. but also that you appreciate more to be meeting in person. And yeah. I personally do have the, actually there was an article that I shared on social media, like beginning of this week. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle is just wearing a costume and I do believe she's trying to look like an evoc. <laughs> Yeah, it's been cool. So I'm more like an Eskimo now. <laughs> yeah. I shared an article about a startup because here in the European Union, you can uh, claim compensation for the late flights and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. there was like a big founding of startups who actually buy those claims and then try to get the money out of the airlines like in bulk. Mm -hmm. And those startups, one of them talked about expecting to be commercial commercial flights back to the previous levels only in 2024. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure about that because first, I do believe a lot of the people interested, like hotels, venue owners, people who make their living on having one or several events a year, all those people are really interested in picking up the pace again where they left off or even speed it up to make up for losses as well as all the people who have been like around the lockdown wherever stranded they are i do believe keen on traveling again mm -hmm. yeah at, at least at, as long as it's safe yeah actually i was kind of a little bit grateful that i didn't that there was a break from traveling because i think the last two years i've been traveling a lot so it was kind of nice to be grounded to be to be home. I'm grateful for that. So it's just it's just that I, I want a balance of some sort where we can actually if we could go to the movies and do normal things with friends, that would be pretty awesome. Like having dinner, going to the movies. Zoom is so different. To have it one or two times is cool, but to do it all the time, it's it's something else. I do you believe you'll see significant changes in the movie industry mm -hmm. in the next few years because many big movies have been held back, but basically they have to take into account that something like this may be for another disease or something could happen again. So basically, I do believe almost all of the big on small uh, studios will have some type of plan in the draw starting like next summer what will happen if there's another lockdown and i do believe you will see a lot of movies yeah. who will be actually made for streaming services like it, it used to be made for made for dvd or before that made for vhs and i do believe you'll see more of those made for streaming services not only but also including by guys like Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I think Netflix is, it's, it's still different. I mean, I want my popcorns and Coke. <laughs> I, I, I actually have, have microwave popcorn. Yes, 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 yes. That's true too. Somebody I've gotten, is something I've gotten used to during the pandemic, but it's, it's not the same. How about you? What, like, what are you, what have you learned to share? How much fun and fun time you can actually have with your family? Because I've been basically locked down more or less since summer. 
because I came back from my paternal leave and then uh, no project, then no job. And so basically I was home for like half a year mm -hmm. and I got to spend a lot of time with my small baby boy and my wife and everything's fine. I really enjoyed the time, and, but I'm also looking forward like to go out for a restaurant I love in, in Chinese food, go to the movies, see a good movie, meet with friends in a bar again and something like this. That is something I haven't had for quite some time. I do believe the first vaccinations will start pretty soon, but I'm not sure if we will see big changes like in yeah. your lifestyle, like wearing masks and stuff like this, at least until summer. And when this all broke out, I already told my mom, we're only going to celebrate Christmas 2021 normally again. And, yeah. and I do believe that still holds true for the US. So it's important. Halloween should be normal again, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I do miss Halloween as well. It's completely interesting. I mean, I think one of the th other thing I learned is that when there is an emergency, people could innovate and they innovate really fast. And I think that's a good thing. It was really surprising how fast this vaccine came along, right? The, 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 the fastest that I've heard of was four years for the development and for the vaccination of Corona. I've yeah. heard from the company close to here, uh, it's called BioNTech. They work together with Pfizer. And there were there have been very good articles in the Washington Post and New York Times about the couple who's heading this company. And they actually started like really working on this sometime in February 2020. And they actually have an emergency approved vaccination sometime end of the year, December. That's really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. Even for our radio show. We were doing it physically, where we physically go into the Stanford radio station. Since I was traveling a lot, I was really wishing that we could also do it digitally for times when I was away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that wasn't possible until the pandemic. We were on lockdown. This, all the, Stanford, the whole entire Stanford campus was on lockdown. And even until afterward, where we created a system just for us to upload our episode to the station. So I thought that was really cool. I think because of the emergency, I think all of us could come together and have creative ways to collaborate and make innovation that makes it possible. Mm -hmm. I actually have been a little bit ahead because before now I was not running Startup Radio on full time, but I was actually more or less running as, as a part-time business, part-time hobby. But actually it turned out that it was easier for me to really have remote only recordings, mm -hmm. which I started to do, I do believe sometime in 2018, yeah. but still a lot of people wanted me to stop by in person, but that's something that really changed. And I do believe remote recordings are now, let's say state of the art. They, they won't be as good mm -hmm. as when you uh, are there in person with a dedicated camera man or woman or something like a 4k camera or badass big tv camera but yeah you can still watch it. it it's still not totally crap so technology is there i do believe if you would have something like this pandemic like 100 years ago the picture would be completely different yeah yeah i i agree i i don't mind i mean i think I think uh, one other thing that I learned is, you know, also food. You make awesome food. 
so in 2020, so I, I don't know how to cook and it's not because I'm lazy, but it's just because I've never had time to learn to make food. This year I was eating, basically I, I go to drive throughs two times a day. I don't go out. The only time I go out is to drive to because if you go to Safeway, if you really think about it, everyone would go to the supermarket to get food. And I thought the safest way for me is to just go to drive through I don't have to go to the grocery to buy food. I don't touch anyone. It's completely contactless. I mean, people wear gloves and they give you a tray to get your food. However, it was destroying my skin. My skin is pretty good normally. One day I was just like, okay, I can't eat this anymore. And one of my friends suggested that I buy air fryer. And that changed my entire getting food strategy. <laughs> so the con is that I need to go to the grocery store to buy dead meat. The pro is that I can experiment with food. So, and I can eat a variety of different healthy foods. So I'm really excited about that. I guess I learned how to cook during the pandemic. It's an important skill. <laughs> it's an important skill. It is. Really? Especially if you're doing it really good and you make people happy with it, then it's the best skill ever. We've been talking a little bit about my prediction. Halloween 2021 will be normal again. What are your predictions for something like next year? I think for the most part, it will be the same. I think people are still going to work from home. I think working from home for companies is going to be more acceptable than ever. I'm a little bit hybrid on the idea. I've worked from home since I was a professional because I work at some companies like Cisco where we could work from home. But I've also managed people who are working from home who said they're working from home, but they are not there. And you kind of know. I think it's going to be really interesting to focus on the work products. And I think workflow management companies and tools might do better. I think networking is difficult. It's more difficult when meeting people virtually at different conferences. You can drop a Twitter or something on Zoom or, or whatever the conference thing is, but still it's hard to follow up. So I think we have to move beyond just conferences and app, but apps that or tools and technology that allow people to connect and to network. Yes, I, I do believe the importance of personal networking it's something we've seen in 2021, but actually I do believe we'll see significant changes in the area of first business travel, because people realize you can do a lot of work remotely, not only in terms of uh, working in a permanent job, but also in terms of project work, yeah. in terms of coding, in terms of consulting and stuff like this, which will lead to a drop in business travel. Not, not sure how much, maybe 5%, maybe 20%. And I do believe you'll see significant changes in commercial real estate because I've seen an analysis somewhere in Bloomberg where they guessed that a large chunk, like 10, 20% of the commercial real estate won't be needed in the future when many companies do have a work from home policy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think land is really expensive and there are a lot of people who are stuck with the lease with a commitment. And that's really hard to maintain when your workforce is everywhere. And I think time management is going to be really important. I think one of the challenges I had when organizing conferences 
it's the time. Some people are in other time zone and we need to basically convert them. Getting that right is going to be super, super awesome. Do you think there will be new business models coming out of this recession, like 100% remote consulting platforms or stuff like that? I mean, yeah, I've been consulting everywhere and people are kind of used to that. Like I work at airport a lot. <laughs> I work at airports a lot. When I'm waiting for my flights, I would be there. There's a wi there's really good Wi-Fi usually. You just have to worry about security. Make sure that you have your protected. Yum. Wow. John, he loves food. <laughs> you can follow his Instagram account. He has just incredible pictures of food that he makes from scratch. Yes. Including homemade ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, yes. There will be a lot more coming in the future, like cinnamon ice cream. There's a German type of mild wine where I gave you the recipe on Instagram. And actually, I'm going to try to turn this into ice for the adults wow. only, of course. But Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I took a, a cooking class at Berkeley at Kitchen on Fire. Even though I don't know how to cook, I do love cooking class because you go there and you eat. <laughs> and then you bring a bottle of wine <laughs> with you. <laughs> so there was one day where we make fried bananas <laughs> when we make the crystallized sugar. Yeah, caramel. Mm -hmm. Caramel. Oh my gosh. That is yummy. And so that's why you take cooking classes so you can eat. But it's the transformation of the sugar was really awesome. Yes, it is. There's, there's a lot that gets better if, if you cook, boil or whatever do with it, put it in your oven. That's always very good. Why do we always end up at food? <laughs> food is relatable. Like I love food. I don't know about you because food is one of the things that I, I learned to share is, is food. Before, I think I'm pretty good at tasting food. I'm an expert at tasting food. My brother owns a cafe shop and he's a professional chef. So whenever he has some inspiration, I'm called to taste different plates of food and give feedback. <laughs> Now, because of the pandemic, I actually get to experiment with different food with technology, such as an air fryer. And it's pretty awesome that that they've made it so easy to turn things just so you just toggle a few things and you get edible food in 10 minutes and, it, and they, it tastes really good so i haven't had like dim sum for for a long time so i was like missing it so i went to trader joe and get packaged dim sum and put it in the air fryer and and there there it goes it was it was really yummy as humans i think food is really important and I had a friend he has a food nonprofit, so he is selling food for a reduced cost to people for people who can afford to eat which is super awesome i think just last sunday i want to make tamales it's for a homeless person we make like 36 tamales to really see technology that allows for connecting people over food that's just really cool and so one of the questions is really how can we make food accessible to all to everyone in africa there are a lot of people who don't have Food. I think in the U.S. we can buy anything we wanted, but there are countries who doesn't even have the internet, who doesn't have food, who lives in hunger. So it's something that I'm really grateful for, and I think it's kind of cool that we we talk about it. Will it be all soft in 2021, or may it be may take a day or more longer? <laughs> I think in 2021, I would love to see more drive-through restaurants. <laughs> Because like the drive-thru is all fast food now and they do really well because the line is really long if I go to In-N-Out. Like it's literally so long 
that it's out in the street in the parking lot like it, it goes beyond the parking lot in the streets and in and out the people that are really smart they actually thought of ways to shorten the line where they would order like they have a cash person outside and they would reroute the waiting line for the cars I thought that was really cool. However, we don't have real food yet for for drive through So what if we could order German kind of food, French food, Chinese food, like just do drive through That would be awesome. We don't have to go in. We can just pick up food. drive through for normal restaurants. That will be the innovation of 2021. I do believe so as well. Yes. I know we have delivery, but that's different because you have to pay a lot of tips, I think. Mm-hmm. And normally I don't mind going out. I don't want people to know where you live. So I think drive to offers some kind of privacy and you could kind of go out a little bit, <laughs> you know, instead of just staying home all day. If there would be video podcasts, people could tell where you live in because the background shows obviously the main hall of the Monsters Incorporated where they have all the doors where they get into the closets of the children, right? Yes, yes, yes. Also, also I was living in, I had a Star Wars background before. <laughs> And people always like, yes, where is that? Know. And then I was just like, I think I'm just like at Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But sometimes my backgrounds really baffle people. Like I had one like Matrix light. People were like, what is that? And I think it says data <laughs> on it. It's like Matrix green with like data on it, which is really representative of now where everything is AI driven or data driven and they know everything about us and our data is mine. It's really interesting. And maybe we'll also give our audience an outlook of what they can look for like the next year. I do believe we will have 10 to 12 episodes, you and me talking, drifting into talking about food technology, government, and the world in general. I do believe we'll do a few guest interviews in 2021. And we have no idea yet what will be our content in 2021, but be sure that we have it figured out, let's say, end of June. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm really excited about working with Strong on this. I'm I'm looking forward to next year and to really growing. In terms of content, I'm thinking besides us talking about technology and food, (laughs) (laughs) I think the intention of it is really understanding why people start the things that they do. I think we're going to get a lot of that since that's the focus. And since both of us have John has his startup radio. I have laptop radio. This is so funny. Which is a which is show. We called our joint podcast not a radio. Exactly. By starting why radio. Exactly. That's it's it's really hilarious. Since both of us have a podcast radio, outside of this, we're gonna focus on really getting stories of why people start the things that they do, and I think that will be really really exciting. So I think we will interview projects on why they start the things that they do. Mm. And and sometimes, exactly. yeah, sometimes and, I think we're going to do it separately and sometimes we'll do it together. I think that works mm-hmm. too. Of course, what also be of interest for me is if the people who started stuff and they are successful, not only why did they start, but mm-hmm. do they understand why they are successful? 
Mm-hmm. What is the main driver, the main leverage? Yeah, I think why someone is successful is also something that's really interesting because it seems like someone who is talented may not be successful, and someone who actually who may not be that talented could be successful. I think it's just really something that is super interesting to to look into. You mean not talented, successful as Instagram influencers? <laughs> have friends who are really successful even though they didn't go to college or high school dropouts who are millionaires and if you're a millionaire i guess you, you you're successful and i think the social construct of society and the way society wants you to go could be different from how the person sees success as well so success doesn't have to be defined by numbers it doesn't have to be i have x number of instagram followers or twitter followers it could be what and how you define your success i'm a little bit turned off by by society and and uh, famous people and how they look at numbers like oh i'm not going to talk on your show because you have five listeners i wanted to look at the substance if you want us to chat with you on the show we're not going to reject you or at least i wouldn't <laughs> because you have five followers on twitter i think what we're looking for is substance why you started something and there's a substantial reason for it a good story behind that and also you know you're successful and you're successful not just because of your numbers or, or not because of your numbers of socials what if you basically had volunteered and that 300 people or something in Africa or even 30 people in Africa but in doing so say you, you didn't have any money you're like 11 years old or something and somehow you did that I think it's really the story and the effort that we wanted to hear and listen to yes there's yeah. nothing I would add to that I only had the thought in my mind that you measure success by like millions followers likes and stuff like this because it's number and this is very easy to compare yeah 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 I mean I, I think I, so that I don't want people to to you know get turned off if they don't have the numbers but I think if someone has done a project that is like changing the world in a different way yeah haven't had the numbers to prove it i think i will, I will be interested in hearing the story of how you did it i've met incredible people who might not be social i guess but have done awesome work there are a lot of geniuses around the world they're not the most social they could be shy they're like intj or something they don't like being on twitter or social media they don't have a podcast they're not on youtube but they've done awesome work to better the world and and those are some of the stories that we would probably wanted to listen to and hear and talk about yes that's actually also what's interesting for me plus i have been interviewing i i just when we've been recording this on the De December 9th, 2020, I've been just uploading my 214th episode of my podcast, which means I have like more than 200 interviews with founders, entrepreneurs and startups in Germany and would also be interested, curious in looking out into like other markets. Yeah. We had some people from the US, from Germany and across Europe, but I would also be interested in interviewing entrepreneurs from different markets. By accident, for example, I once had an interview with a startup from Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. I think we wanted to really listen to stories from around the world and 
me, I personally advise a number of companies that are located from all around the world. So, you know, one project is from Argentina, one is from Panama. It's been really fun. And I think it's kind of like important for us to be more global, especially the pandemic doesn't really care where we live or who we are and how do we look like. And I think we need to really realize that where there's a point where we collaborate and share stories. And sometimes it's really hard to have a project and, and have it successful by yourself. Sometimes you need to work with other people and collaborate with other people to make it successful. It takes like a village. Some don't. I'm just making a generalization and I, I know that. But I just wanted to say that sometimes it takes a whole village to allow that project to succeed, to push it forward. And, and the other side to pull it forward as well. So <laughs> just to add dimensions to it. If that would be a video podcast, people would see me nodding. Yes, <laughs> I totally agree here. Actually, there would be also something of interest for me, like also interviewing like non-for-profits from all across the world, NGOs, stuff like this that you normally don't get to know that much only on like dedicated channels and that have a few subscribers, but we want to make it a little bit broader here, right? I assume we don't have an issue with, for example, interviewing a billionaire, but we also don't have an issue with interviewing the founder of an NGO somewhere. We want foundation and NGOs to be, to be heard as well, because these are the people who spent their lives making the world a better place. If you're basically somewhere making energy more efficient for people. I'm now thinking about some of my friends in India. They actually won the X Prize for the security one. They make a necklace for women to wear around their neck. So if there's an emergency, they would push a button and the people would come to help. I'm also thinking about the clear water projects, I think, that makes water for people in Africa. Those are really cool and some examples of things that people are doing around the world. I was actually working on digital education or, or more privately to help people learn. It's part of e-learning and I've been kind of doing that like the last couple years more privately for people who I tutor for AP Biology and AP history in English. I think I would like love to actually do that beyond what I was doing for the students. Another thing that I was really affected, I, I guess, since I talked to you, Jung, that I wanted to mention is I was a little bit depressed that Tony Shea died. He's an entrepreneur who founded Yapples that was sold to Amazon. And I remember I was at PayPal. The eBay Foundation had a speaker series where they invited Tony Shea to speak about entrepreneurship. And the book, The Pursuit of Happiness is actually given to me by the eBay Foundation. One of my goals when I left PayPal was to like I, I had a dream of meeting Tony Shea in person one day and actually a few weeks ago I was thinking about interviewing him on the podcast and about one or two weeks ago he he passed away there was a fire and he he passed away and on LinkedIn there were a number of people talking about him and then I was really thinking about mental wellness you know like health and, and wellness for people because you could be a billionaire but money doesn't really make you happy money is awesome and it's kind of fun circulating it however it, that's not happiness as a tool one thing I really realized about this year for me personally is how could I help in wellness I've done some videos on Instagram about it but Tony's death really inspired me to see and hear more of like wellness 
programs and people really doing great things around that area. We can talk about that because I think starting something, starting why, takes a lot of mental health, right? Starting a, a project, a company took a lot of courage and grit. We would love to hear stories of how you overcome that because I think a lot of us found companies and start companies despite our depression and our mental health and our fears. It would be awesome if you have a story, reach out to us. Yes, exactly. Reach out to us and we'll schedule an interview and we'll let the world know about you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I do believe that's everything we have to say for now. So wishing you Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Frohe Weihnachten, guten Rutsch, and hope to hear you again next year. Bye-bye.